Welcome in to another episode of the West Life Podcast. I am your host, Josh Barnett, a.k.a. Josh Blornet, as I've dubbed myself, uh, at West Life Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Please give us a follow if you haven't already, and on those profile pages, you will find uh, all our stuff, link, our link tree link, you can find all our social pipes and all of our podcast streams no matter what platform including our youtube shouts to all our real ones joining us late on a wednesday night adults only time of 9 30 on a wednesday night with no west tigers games and still a few diehards joining us as we do our end of year survey I always look forward to doing this stuff i'm a big fan of um gathering the thoughts of west tigers fans and hearing what they um have to say and please support us, patreon.com forward slash Westlife. Uh, that just about does it. Mr. Thompson, how are you on this Wednesday evening since last Wednesday? It's a whole week I had to go without. Um, we obviously chat uh, digitally, but yeah, don't get to chat to you boys for a week at the moment. How are you guys? Yeah, g'day, Josh. G'day, Rob. I'm just taking the uh, the beginning of the off-season nice and easy at the moment. Um Supporting the girls when they are playing, like they did last weekend. I actually didn't get to watch the full game, but I I know how how it all went down and things like that. But um, keen to head out to Leichhardt now tomorrow night mm. to um, to check out their last game of the season. One last trip to Leichhardt for the year is my favourite place in the world, as many of you, um, many of our loyal listeners would know. So yep. very keen to head down there and one last hurrah for twenty twenty three. Yeah, absolutely. It. Um... Yeah, absolutely my favourite place on the planet. And Mr. Bashara coming in from the Red Room. How are you tonight, Mr. Bashara? Camera is off tonight. You've had a bit of a busy day. Um, but that's all good. How are you, Mr. Bashara? I'm excellent, Josh. How are you, Josh? How are you, Aaron? How are you, listeners? This is how it should be, Josh. Heard but not seen. So uh, I think that's best mm-hmm. for the listen- best for the listeners like this tonight. And uh, as Aaron said, yeah, pretty relaxed. Uh, enjoyed the finals, uh, the semi-finals last weekend. Uh, even enjoyed the girls' game, although we didn't get the chocolates. But uh, yeah, looking forward to tonight and having a good chat. Uh, righto, let's um, get straight into it. Some news, obviously, we're going to get to the survey, but a bit of news to start with. We'll start with some good news. I mean, it's it's rumours. This hap- This was, what, September 8th, so what are we on? Nearly a week ago, talking about Dream Buller getting offered a multi-million dollar contract for, um, yeah, till 2027. It, nothing has obviously happened, nothing formally announced in that time since, but as this would uh, this would be huge to keep our superstar fullback for yeah at least another what is that four four more seasons I think it's not I think it's not long enough keep him until twenty thirty <laughs> absolutely I agree one hundred percent the earlier we lock him down the less money we'll have to spend on him at first because his uh, contract value for value for like value for money is gonna go through the roof um, as he progresses. Like, it's quite obvious how good he can be and how good I think he will become 
um, considering he's just swept the awards night for the club. Um, he even said on the episode, on the club's last episode of Behind the Raw for the year today that he wants to stay at the club. He wants to stay at the club long-term um, because the club gave him an opportunity um, and he does want to win a premiership here. So he's mm-hmm. made it clear that his position is he wants to stay and I'm hoping that he does. Yeah, the sooner we sign him up on for extra years, the more money we can save in the in the long term, um, because his his value is going to skyrocket. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Rob, what do you reckon? How much would you pay this kid? I, I reckon by I tweeted this out, and a few people thought I was crazy. I reckon by the end of next year, he'll be worth a million dollars per season. He'll probably be worth it by then, but I mean, I'd probably. Sign him on seven fifty to eight hundred, but we are mm. definitely doing the right thing here. We need to build our club around this guy. I mean, obviously, you know, I think we all love and adore Appy Corusau, but he's only there for another couple of years. Where Jareem's got the potential to be there, you know, hopefully as a, a one club player. Uh, loved what he had to say uh, in the media this week, and and some of the stuff being reported from. Uh, the podcast he did with Behind the Raw that, you know, he loves a place, wants to be a, you know, win a premiership with the club. These are all the things we need to hear. And he's the sort of guy that backs it up with his actions. Uh, look, we called for an extension of his contract, what, after four or five games? We said this guy's a future. Uh, glad the club see it that way as well. Um, if he's done what he's done this year off a limited preseason, imagine what he could be next year. So, look, it's fantastic news and we need some positive news. And this certainly is as positive as it gets. Uh, Shane on Shane Cold on YouTube said, "Madness, Josh, no way." Obviously, referring to me, saying he's, he'll be worth a million dollars per season. As Rob said, um, kind of clarified for me. Yeah, obviously, I don't think they're going to offer him a million dollars. My point is, the whole thing with contracts is you're paying on potential. You don't you don't really know what a player is going to be worth. Uh, in in the future, they might go. The value might go up or down, and that sort of thing. I think he'll be playing to the ability of a million dollar player. That's my point. Is sign him now, as Rob, you said, sign him for seven eight hundred. Now lock him in, and we've got a guy who's worth more than a million dollars for less than a million dollars. That's how that's how the good clubs do it. Is you got players playing above their worth, and uh, I mean he's playing above his worth now because he's on peanuts, but uh, it's not really, I guess Appy's definitely worth every dollar of his uh, salary that we're paying him. But yeah, there's a couple of players that I won't name that you wouldn't say we're getting bang. um, Yeah. Bang for buck there. Uh, Righto. On to some, I think this is quite, uh, look, it's at the point where you just laugh at what happens with this club. Sometimes talking about Tim Sheen's snubbing the uh, Holman, Holman, not Holman Barnes, the Kelly Barnes Awards last week and went to Penrith, got shot uh, or seen wearing a Panthers hat at the game and celebrating with his pan- former Panthers teammates. Uh, a few West Tigers fans thought it was offensive. Uh, yeah, Rob, what do you make, make of all this? I mean... Lee, we're going to play the clip of um, Lee Hazard-Tellis in a second, who says it was all amicable, the uh, the breakup with Sheensy again. Look, it might have been amicable. I've got no problem with uh, Sheens wearing a Penrith hat on a Penrith reu- reunion night with a bunch of other old 
players there as well. So I don't think that's the issue. The issue is that he didn't show up to the Kelly Barnes Awards. Uh, you know, if, if we take Hatch Pentelis at his word, he wanted to go out quietly, didn't want to be there, et cetera, et cetera. Who knows? I mean, according to reports, uh, Tim, uh, what do you call it, uh, Roy Simmons and also Greg Alexander have been quoted as saying they wouldn't have showed up to the Kelly Barnes Award too if they were sacked. Mm. Now, the fact that Roy Simmons and Greg Alexander are very close with Tim Sheens and they're claiming that he was sacked, yet our club is telling us it was mutually agreed, etc. and his management approached ours and he didn't want to have anything to do with the coaching anymore. Like, you just don't know who to believe anymore. But if Sheens mm. is telling his mates that he was sacked, well... You know, you'd probably say he was sacked, wouldn't you? So, look, I don't think it's a big deal, the fact that he went to the Panthers thing. I just think, you know, it's probably not a great look that he didn't go to the Tigers award yep. as, as a one final hurrah. But, you know, if he has been pushed, you know, as much as I think he should have been pushed, I wouldn't begrudge him for not wanting to go. So I think it's just mm. another, another beat up and a bit more clickbait for everyone. Yeah. Well, here is Lee. Uh, he went on SCN for his regular spot with Brandy and Bossy yesterday. Here he is. Um, talking about Tim Sheen's departure As there. provided for in the press release, it was mutually agreed that Tim would finish up a year early. It, and I've said this many times, and I stand by it, that the initial outreach came from Tim's management to discuss a realignment of the coaching structure for 24. Uh, it wasn't something that we pursued. And the discussions went from there. It was all very amicable. It was all very professional and very civil. And it was ultimately agreed upon that, uh, that Benji would ascend the throne for 2024 a year earlier than expected. And, of course, I ended up uh, a bit of a goose saying that uh, death taxes and Tim Sheen's coaching in 24 at the time. And, but, that, but when I said it, it was right. Unfortunately, things do change from time to time. And, and they did. The, the situation did change, and we accommodated that change. Follow, Tim finished up on the 1st of September, uh, officially, after the last game at Manly there. Um, there was uh, there was some words spoken in the sheds. He addressed the players. It was all very solemn, and um, Benji spoke as well. Um, Tim chose and made it known that you know, he wouldn't be attending the uh, the Kelly Barnes Awards on the Tuesday night. He would have been more than welcome if he chose to do so. But I think he just wanted to finish up quietly. Um, that's the sort of fellow that he is. Um, I spoke at the Kelly Barnes and I expressed our gratitude and our appreciation for all that Tim has, has done for the club. And he will remain Melbourne Staten, statesman of the West Tigers. In perpetuity. So, uh, yeah, no concern, no ill will, no dramas. It's, uh, as I say, it was just done nicely and quietly. Uh, Lee, has Benji, uh, is, does Benji still need to get a, a, an assistant coach or two? What, what's, where are we with that? Uh, no, uh, Benji uh, moved up and he has been replaced with uh, John Morris uh, for 24. And so the coaching structure at the moment remains as it is. So you've got Benji, Robbie, and Dave Ferner there. Uh, okay. So Dave Ferner's still there, and Robbie stays where he is too. Okay. And John that, Morris on board. Yeah, Johnny Morris. Yeah, the an, new one. Another yep. fascinating. Uh, what's good for the goose is good for the gander, I get guess as. Uh, yeah, he said it himself. Three things are certain in life: uh, death, taxes, and our board's CE or chairperson making himself out to be an absolute clown. He's done it again. Um, Rob, I've brought it up on the screen here that, um, yeah, he mentions at the end there that David Ferner is assistant coach. And then, sure enough, today, here it comes out that David Ferner has been sacked as well. So, um, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. 
uh, I won't make a joke. I got in trouble last time I made a joke. I was going to make a joke about. I was going to make a joke about taxes. Uh, fill in the blanks. Um, righto, Rob. What do you make of all this? Well, death doesn't change. I mean, yeah, taxes do change from time to time in terms of proportionality and what bracket you fall into. But you know, Lee Hadjipentelis making statements and then them not being true you know, later on in the year or a day or two later, as this one is, just seems to be too consistent. I, you know, we're all sick of the false statements. And look, I, I'm not going to make it personal, but put simply, how do you trust statements from a man that, you know, says the wrong things all the time? Like, it's obviously not true. Dave Ferner isn't going to be coached now. Now, surely he would have known that Benji and Ferner were going to meet today or yesterday or whenever it was, like... I don't know. I just I just don't know why this guy keeps putting his foot in his mouth and it's just a poor look for our club. And whether you're a Tiger supporter or not, you just have to question, are they all on the one page? Where's the communication within that whole club, no matter whose fault it is, whether it's Lee's, whether it's, you know, Justin's, whether it's Benji's, whether it's whoever. And it goes, you know, we've discussed it before. It goes back to murals and Anzac jerseys and, you know, wrong reports put out in social media, et cetera, et cetera. It's just common practice with this club to come out with, you know, botch up after botch up, and it's embarrassing. I mean, mm. not embarrassing for me, not embarrassing for you or Aaron. I mean, as supporters, I think we're just a bit taken aback. Like, we just think this guy's a chairman, he's a boss. He should know what's going on, and obviously he doesn't. So, look, it's just another another one to add to a list of, of many false statements and, yeah. I, you know, sick of sick of bad things being said or whatever. But how do you how do you trust your boss when he keeps getting it wrong? It's just it's just as simple as that. I, I don't know what else to say, guys. I'm just sick of him. I'm sick of just sick of how these clubs run. It's it's just an amateur run club, and I mm. I don't think there's any mm. other way to look. He shouldn't be doing the talking. You know, the footy stuff should be spoken by the coach and by the players. And that sort of thing. So maybe the CEO and the chairman shouldn't be speaking at all. I guess he's got a commitment to SEN because he's a sponsor. Sponsor, yeah. He's got he's got to answer stuff that's asked to him. But for God's sake, you know, just stop making yourself look like a goose because he said it himself, and now he's done it again. So, and it's not fair for him. Like I'm sure he doesn't want to look like a goose. But just where's the communication? Why didn't you know that there was going to be a chat between Ferner and? And Marshall, surely he knew that Ferner and Farrah haven't been getting on all year. So just don't say, you know, just don't say anything, mate. Seriously, it's embarrassing. Mm. Uh, we've also made a few a change with our New South Wales Cup coach. So it seems the, the West Tigers and uh, Manly Pipeline, um, yeah, Wayne Lemkin, uh, he is heading to Manly. So... Yeah, so we've also made a change in the uh, coaching ranks there. Not sure sure who would take over uh, in Cup. Does anyone have any suggestions who might be Cup coach next year? Do you want a gig, As? Sure, surely we're, uh, yeah, one of us can take over maybe. Why not? We've got no experience. Right. <laughs> we've got no experience. We should be shoeings for the job. <laughs> I, Don't forget too, they're, they're going to need another assistant coach now, boys. Like now that now the firm has gone, obviously mm. we'll, we'll, we'll be looking for another assistant. I don't think it's just going to be left to these two blokes. I mean, 
we seem to have more coaches than players sometimes. So if we're going to have three assistants or a defensive coach, I'm sure that we're – I'd be thinking we're going to get another coach. What do you guys think? Well, I'd see in the comments, Shane's mentioned uh, Bryce Gibbs and Benj- Benjamin Angus said bring back Hodjo. So uh, what 05 boys can we bring back to add to the list? Who would be def- a good defensive coach? coach there buckets maybe i don't know the frankie it'd be it'd be good to have a defensive coach that's actually had experience being a defensive coach uh, as opposed to just an ex-player I, I i'd like I, someone with some experience there personally uh, yeah i was only joking i know i, t- I tell you i tell you one bloke there's a there seems to be a bloke out in the coaching circuit right about now who goes by the name of todd payton i reckon he'd go all right in some mm. sort of coaching role wouldn't he? he's um a little bit too yeah. qualified yeah, he's, he's not taking it emotionally. <laughs> um, yeah, reports that Alex Safarth is off to the Bulldogs. So, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I thought he was starting to come come along. He really improved towards the back end of the season. As um, yeah, a little bit sad to see Big Red go. Yeah, it, it is a bit of a shame. Um, I'll I'll throw Atasi James in here as well. Um, I I feel like I guess the club maybe just sees um, a bit more upside or a bit more um, potential in some of the other youngsters we have around the club. I guess he's not so much of a youngster anymore, but I, there's Twole, um, Matamua, uh, Pole, and potentially a few others that they have coming up through the ranks, but. Towards the back end of the season, I'd say probably from around the Sharks game, we started to see the best of Safarth off the bench. He had a bit a yeah. bit of a stinker in, I think it might have been the Roosters game and maybe another one uh, somewhere around that time as well. But for the most part, he was actually providing pretty solid impact off the bench in what was a, obviously a, a beaten side practically every mm. week. So he... Um, he, re- yeah, he really started to muscle up. He, he was putting it all out there for the team. Um, yeah, I just I think maybe it was a too little, too late. I suppose. Uh, anything to add to that, Rob? No, just I'd just say that uh, Safarth's always tried his hardest. No one could ever question his efforts. Uh, he's definitely a fringe first grader, though, guys. And I think we're looking to up the quality of the squad. But in ter- like I said, in terms of his effort, in particular that Cronulla game that uh, Aaron's talking about, where both he and Bloor provided really good impact off the bench that night. Um, he did play a lot better and he he's always, you know, you can't, like his tackling's been good, his, his productivity's been good, but he just hasn't been able to crack it for a regular first grade spot. He was a little bit off the boil last year, um, but yeah, he's never really, you know, reached the heights that we hoped he would. So look, he'll probably go on to be a better first grader somewhere else, like a lot of other players seem to do so. I wish him well if Canterbury do snag him, but um, I know he knocked back an offer from the Warriors uh, at the end of last year to, to and wanted to prove himself with us, and it mm. looks like he still hasn't um, won the hearts of those who make the decisions over, which I've, I've got no problem with. I mean, it's like I said, he's a fringe first grader. If he, if he was a solid first grader and going to be in the 17 every week, I'd be disappointed. Mm. Um, but he's had, what, two or three years to cement a spot, and he hasn't really quite done that. So, you know, good luck to him. Uh, and, you know, I applaud him for, you know, the effort that he's given the club. I tell, uh, I tell you what, though, every, every Tom, Dick and Harry's going to the Bulldogs, aren't they? 
they start they're starting to look like they've got a bit of an un- mm. unlimited salary cap with all the signings they've made over the last two seasons. Yeah, I never, I never sorry, understand sorry. the Bulldogs guys. They, the, the Bulldogs always have salary cap issues. Then they do a fire sale, you know, a few years <laughs> ago where they got rid of the Morris brothers and and everyone else they had on big bucks. And then suddenly they've just, you know, they're, they're back to being able to buy everyone again like they've done last offseason. They bought the world. They're getting Crichton from Penrith this year and countless others. Blake Taft from South Sydney. And I don't know, I'm sure there's one or two others whose names escape me, but... Yeah, I don't know how Canterbury get it done, but yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a joke. But not that they're showing any success on the field. Uh, right, the NRL W side heartbreaking loss again um, on the weekend. As the girls, they were man. I thought they had this one, and just obviously two tries in the final ten minutes. Yeah, and the Broncos could have been a huge upset. The girls, um, man, it's just. Is four games now that we've lost by a try in the final five minutes? Yeah, sounds about right. Um, I'm it's really disappointing for the girls. They've put in so many massive efforts this year, coming up against teams with a lot more star power than them. Um, they're really leaving it all out there on the field and they're just they're just letting it slip in those last few minutes. And that's something they'll have to work on um, in the next preseason uh, once that rolls around after next year's uh, Harvey Norman State competition. And I'm sure uh, Noddy and whoever the rest of the coaching staff are will will have them uh, ready to roll for next year. But they still have one more game to go this year. Um, I, I'm just looking forward to seeing them put in mm. a really good performance. It was a bit of a shame we lost um, Sarah Togatuki, uh to a to – a, what was it? A, it was a – um, what's the tack? What's the tackle called that they've policed this year? Uh, crusher. I've just had a mental. No, not the crusher. The, 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 the hip drop. The hip, hip drop. drop. That's the one. I had a bit of a mental blank there, but um, it was a shame we lost her to the hip drop. She hasn't been named this week, which means she's obviously been very, very hurt by it. Um, yeah, I'm just. I'm really proud of the girls. They've had a bit of a tough season. Injuries have absolutely battered them, um, but they're still hanging in the, hanging in there. And one last hurrah for the season. Hmm. Uh, Kylie asked on YouTube, uh, what happened to Luchu? Uh, so in the game against the Raiders, I think it was, she did a knee. Uh, she was then out for two weeks with that. She was going to come back after that, but, um, I think it was a hamstring strain Hmm. or something in the, in a training session a couple days before. And she's been out since then for that. (laughs) So, yeah, unfortunately, Lutu only got to play the first three games. Um, hopefully, she can come back for and put in a good performance in the state competition next year. I believe, I'm not 100% certain, but I believe uh, Lutu is one of the players who have signed for at least two years with us. If I remember That's correctly, sweet. there may be seven or eight players that are off contract mm. now um, and available to sign elsewhere next season, but I don't think Lutu is one of those. Who, which... Like what key players are off contract? Uh, Jakaya Whitfield is the first one that comes to mind. Uh, we definitely, we definitely yeah. want to re-sign her. Um, she's been an absolute superstar out on the wing for us. She's mm. fast. She can break the line. She's got a good awareness um, in defense as well. Uh, she's been quite good for the team. That's the one I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, okay. Recent debutante. Um, Hope Hope Tavanga, I think, as well, is another one. 
Okay. Um, I believe there's a bit of upside for her as well, but I can't remember okay. the others off the top of my head right now. And what are our chances for tomorrow, tomorrow night as? Um, I lo- it's really tough because obviously it's first versus eighth. Um, but I mm. believe the girls will put in a good performance. Uh, for the final game of the season. Um, we've had to make a few changes. I think a few may be forced and a few may be to give some of the other girls a little bit of a um, a little bit of a look into the team for potentially next year and beyond. Okay. Um, I think our third uh, development player might be playing as well, if I remember correctly. So, yeah. All right. Good luck to the girls. Uh, tomorrow night, as you said, at the top of the show, it's been moved to Leichhardt Oval. So uh, head to... The eighth wonder of the world to watch the girls. Seven forty-five kickoff as yeah. Seven forty-five kickoff tickets. Ten bucks for an adult, so nice and cheap. Um, if you're available to come down to Leichhardt, please do so. Let's make it a great atmosphere for the girls running out of the tunnel uh, in front of a in front of the hill for the first time at what is an amazing venue. So yeah, hopefully we can get a decent amount of fans there. Give the girls some really really good strong support. Absolutely. Right, on to the survey uh, results. The first one, uh, first cap off the rank, we did mention, uh, we have teased this a little bit, and I thought we'd reveal as part of the survey episode um, tonight. Yeah, we're working on uh, with Dynasty, who make jerseys for Manly Cronulla and I think Canberra is the other team. So they're legit... um, yeah, Jersey. They also did our Westlife polos that you'll often see us wearing um, out and about and on the show sometimes as well, which we we love as well. So we've um, yeah teed up um, teamed up with them and yeah decided to uh, base it on what I think um, is one of our best jerseys ever in terms of the West Tigers and kind of. Mimic that, but in a cotton style, so nice and suitable when winter comes around next year. So, yeah, here's kind of, just thought we'd show off the uh, the concept. Um, it's obviously, if you're listening to this on audio, uh, I guess you have to go to the YouTube to kind of uh, see what, what we're showing here. But basically, it's based on the white, uh, white, black, and orange stripes as worn in 2000 what season was that 2015 that jersey trying to think the the game that we beat manly in the rain we wore it um with aaron woods teddy robbie i think it's 15 or 16 i'm trying to think it'll it'll Um, be on that picture i sent in our group chat earlier i think it'll be 15 Hmm. um don jet mentioned our little logo there yeah we might we might modify that that was kind of a um little bit of a, a joke to um, um actually it looks like it's 14 14 is it okay the 14 okay heritage jersey heritage, heritage jersey from 2014 by the looks of it that makes sense yeah the year i the year i met my wife funny enough um yeah everything in my life is based all my anniversaries so i just think what you would the west tigers do this and that's how i remember dates um <laughs> but that's yeah it was i got that i remember getting that jersey just before i met her um yeah so if you can um yeah reach out as we get more details how much it's going to cost and um that sort of thing i'm not sure but we're not yeah i said to um shout to noons our guy from 
uh, and a Patreon member of ours from Dynasty, he said, man, just sell these at cost. Um, let's just get them out there. And, yeah, if people want to, um, yeah, show off the show and have a nice comfy jersey to wear out and about uh, rather than – because the NRL jerseys, to be honest – um, I don't know about you boys, but the BO gets pretty bad with that um, material. I quite like the the cotton cotton jerseys, so um, we're going to run with a cotton style. So keep a keep an eye and an ear out for more details on um, on that. Righto uh, to the survey itself. So the best backline player this season. Can anyone take a guess who may have won this um, this award? Or this, I'm, I'm guessing it's a fullback. Yeah, it's Drew Buller, of course, and he Makes had sense. uh 96% of the vote. We had um one vote for Stafford Toll and one vote for uh Junior Zupo. So, shouts at, to, least, at least it was close then. Um, whoever their family or friends that yeah, that voted in this survey, thank you for taking part. Uh, the most improved player, so they, um, yeah, Stafford Tower actually got. I mean, a lot of people voted for Dream Buller in this one, so 33% for Stafford Tower, 30.7% for Dream Buller, and 21.6% for uh, Junior Tupo. So, Buller, I mean, you can't really say most improved because he only debuted this year, so I guess it's how you interpret this question. And Stafford Tower. Uh, obviously, as he peaked in that Cowboys win, he um, he looked like the best center in the world in that game. So, uh, a pretty pretty good year overall for Star. Yeah, Star got my vote as well. Um, I think for me, the main thing was the improvements he's made defensively. Obviously, there are still some lapses, but the whole team had lapses at times. So, tough to blame one player for those. But I just really enjoyed seeing um, his development as the season went on and. He did start getting better, and um, yeah, he got my vote. Uh, on to the most disappointing player this year. So these four guys here were the top four most voted. So Nofa, Talao, Brooksy, and Kepa Ola. Um, have a guess. Rob, who do you think took this one out? Oh, wow. Uh, I'm going to say Kapoa, but it'd probably be a photo between Kapoa and Talao. As what do you reckon? Well, Kapoa got my vote, but I have a feeling it would be between Brooks and Talao. Uh Nofa with 45.5% wow. of the vote. Wow. wow. Yeah. <laughs> Nofa, that's, people... that's surprising because Nofa had some decent performances, mm. especially mm. defensively, um, around the round 10 to – or 9 when he came back to probably around round 15, 16-ish, I think. Yeah, I I was surprised too. I think people um, there's a lot of hate for Nofa. We discussed this in the Discord yeah. chat, Josh, where mm. I didn't want to get too much into it, but he does a lot of the hard yards coming out of our our end. Mm. He's never going to be uh, you know running a hundred meters in eleven seconds flat, and he's not six foot four, you know, like your Xavier Coates and your Will Warbricks. He's a he's a short winger, and I, I think he improved dramatically on last year. You know, no matter what people say, but I just think there's a lot of hatred for him. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm actually pretty disappointed with that result. But, I mean, that mm. you know, I, I'm guessing a lot of people feel that way, but I think it's I think it's unjustified. 
Yeah, I mean, like I, I said Kepa because he played a lot more of the season and we just didn't get value for money or like input out of him. Mm. I didn't want to give votes. Like I thought I considered giving votes to the other two, to Lau and Brooksy, but they spent a lot more of the season injured um, and they're both going away anyway. Um, mm. And like I said with Noffa, I just didn't think he was all that bad, particularly for a period in the middle of the season. So yeah, AJ got my vote. But take take out the first few games, guys. How, how does anyone vote for Brooks after the first few games? Like you know, pr- probably after the Canterbury game, Brooks played pretty well all year, and it's mm. and what he pre- what he produced in twenty twenty three, he produced more good games in twenty twenty three than he had in the last five years. So mm. I, I don't even know how. I mean, again, there's I mean, it's only ten percent or whatever it is there. I can't even read it. Nineteen percent, but ten point two. Yeah, yeah, lot lot of, lot of hatred mm. for lot of hatred for Brooks there too. Yeah, yeah, but that's probably uh, also a reflection of what his um his cap hit was. Yeah, I guess if you're on a million, but I mean, I I think he was getting better. To be fair, anyway, mm. I thought so too. Uh, the best player in the forwards, pretty obvious. This one, eighty five point six percent for Appy uh, Coruscant. Uh, I'll just check. Um, but obviously, Rob, pretty pretty easy one. This one. Very easy one. Uh, look, I've got a few mates that disagree with me on this too, but I think David Clem has been outstanding all year mm. too. Obviously, Appy is front and centre of everything we do, but the way Clemmer bought into being a West Tiger, uh, the effort he gave in, you know, a couple of my mates say, oh, he's too slow, he doesn't play the ball quick enough. Shut the fuck up. He's a good player. <laughs> Seriously, like, he's, he's 30 years of age. He's fucking ripping into, you know, blokes every week. I just... Yeah. Just gives me the shits when people bag him. I, I think he's been great, and um, yeah, so I'm, I'm sure he would have got, you know, at least eight or nine percent of the vote. And I guess we've got a few fanatical Fanua Polo fans that will probably vote for him as well. But uh, yeah, but Appy takes the cake. He he's been an outstanding purchase. Yeah, a few people did vote for for Clemmer. Uh, Shane asked, "Who did I vote for?" I didn't vote. Um, I didn't want to skew, uh, <laughs> and I promise that when we get to the uh, most popular player. So I promise I didn't vote. <laughs> uh, all right. Mobile Corp, shouts to our friends at Mobile Corp. Uh, they support local businesses by managing their IT, their networks, and their mobile devices. If you're a local business owner looking for a partner who will take away the hassle of dealing with IT issues, make sure you have cybersecurity in place, handle all your mobile device needs, and then Mobile Corp can help. Mobile Corp is a family-run business and longtime supporter of West Tigers. Reach out to our friend Stephen and the team at Mobile Corp. Check out mobilecorp.com.au. That's mobilecorp.com.au. Most improved play in the forwards. So uh, you mentioned a lot of love for Pole before, Rob. So Pole 26.5. Just sneaked in front of my guy, Sean Bloor, with 25.3. And... Our departing uh, Alex Safar was also not far behind with uh, 19.5. Any surprises there, As? No, honestly, I'm not surprised. I had a different opinion. I um I said Twal in this one. I I really like how Twal's improved his game, um, particularly in attack. He's got a lot more of an offload now. Um, he's there like in, in good position to run good ball. He's, he scored his yep. try, which I which I didn't consider as part of the voting. Um, but that is something that happened this year, which is a nice little highlight for us. But 
honestly, I'm I'm quite satisfied with those three guys getting a mm. lot of the votes there. I think they've all uh, come on in leaps and bounds. I probably wouldn't have given. I I didn't really give uh, Bloor much um, think much thought because of the fact he spent a, a lot of last. Well, he he was out injured all of last year, um, mm. so like he he was improving on like output last year, regardless. So yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm satisfied with those guys getting the votes there. Twally, Twally was fourth. He was sixteen percent, so not far behind um Seafarth. Uh about you, Rob? Yeah, I'm with Aaron there, Josh. Uh I went for Twally. Look, uh, uh with these three guys, firstly for me, I didn't vote for Sean Bloor because I rate him so highly. He's good what he did in his good games, I expect. I, I, I just think the guy could be anything when he really, you know, gets consistent and gets a lot more game time instead of coming off the bench. So I, I rate Law, so I, that's why I didn't vote for him. I can't deny that Alex Seifarth didn't play a lot better this year, cons- you know, considering how he played the year before. Polo is a bit of a difficult one. I, I'm not bagging him, but given the fact that we were told he was going to be Jason Taumalolo by Tim Sheens at the start of the year and the way he finished off 2022, which was so impressive given he'd had a handful of games. He did have a lot of good games, but there were also some games where, you know, he disappeared and then you think, oh, what's going on with Polly? And then, you know, we play Canberra at Campbelltown and he comes on for his second stint and he's running off the back fence and you're thinking, my God, mm. this guy's so good. He was just a bit too hot and cold for me. Like, his good performances were really good, but I thought his poor performances were really poor. So, but that's, you know, it's only his second season and really his first full season as a first grader. So I don't want to be harsh on all that. So look, I just think it was a tough category, but, you know, I went for 12, but, you know, it, it's pretty evenly split, as you said. Uh, most disappointing player in the forwards. So we have a few nominations here. Pablo E, Matamua, Steph, and Johnny Bateman. Any guesses as? Um, well, my vote went for Papali'i, so I'll say that. I don't think it'll be Steph because he got uh, he played quite well, I thought, this year and got his Origin debut. Um, Bateman is going to probably take a while to settle in, so I probably wouldn't say for him. Madame Bua barely got any game time, so I think it's hard to say he was disappointing when he barely played. Um, mm. So, yeah, I'd, I'd say Papali'i. What about you, Rob? I, I went. It's not his fault, but I went for Madame Mua. Uh, we were looking at him as our ball-playing lock. He never got given game time by the coaches, which was probably rightfully based on what he'd showed in the trials, in particular against New Zealand. I, I, I can understand the, you know, the reasoning for Papali'i, you know, being thought that way. I, I really never saw, like, a true wholehearted effort from Papali'i until we lost to Manly at Campbelltown that night. And I thought from that manly loss onwards, I thought Papali'i tried his guts out, but we just didn't know how to use him. So if mm. you're going on the first half of the season, I'd probably say Papali'i. Everyone knows I'm not a I'm not a Kapoa fan, so you know he he's yeah, he's just not my cup of tea. But yeah, I'm I'm thinking Papali'i probably got the highest vote, but yeah, it, it sort of he had a mixed bag. It was the first half of the season was poor. I thought his back half he tried his ass off, but we just had blokes that didn't know how to put him in holes. It was basically give him the ball and do whatever you can do. They, you know, he's, what did he score with us this year, guys? Maybe Aaron would know. I think we, did he get two tries with us and maybe one taken off? And I think with Parramatta, he was getting, you know, roughly eight to 10 a year. So 
we're definitely not getting the best out of Papali'i, but I mm. don't think the first half or the second half of the season was all his fault. Yeah, probably uh, 36.4%, Matamua 14.8%, and 12.5% for uh, for Steph. So, Yeah, I think I think the thing with um, Papali'i was the weight of expectation we had on him coming from Parramatta, who had just lost a grand final. Agreed. Um, and then, yeah, immediately we just didn't get that output from him, and it took a while, like you said, Rob, for him to actually start putting in the performances that we wanted to see. And then I'd, I'd say he got even better um, and actually started running some really good, strong lines like he was doing at Parramatta um, in the Newcastle game up in Newcastle. Uh, yeah. But by then it was too little too late. Obviously, he didn't have a lot to work with, with the, in the halves this year where at Para he had consistent halves giving him good ball. Um, hopefully next year he starts getting better ball, uh, runs at better times, and we see a lot more output from him, like what we expected this year. Well, with the combination um, with Brooks and Papali'i, Aaron, like the first time we got a, a line break assist out of that combination, it was when Papali'i put Luke Brooks through a hole, not the other way around. <laughs> yeah, so that that's kind of that's kind of damning on uh, on Luke Brooks and his creativity with Papali'i. And you were uh, you were right, Rob. He scored two tries this year for us and seventeen in two seasons for the Eels. Yeah. So and yeah, well, he had one taken off us. What against Manly too, didn't he? So could could I have been so, three. Yeah. Yeah, it could have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Steph played Origin this year and got twelve, uh, an eighth of the votes. So on one. Yeah, but he's, uh, he's getting he's getting rested for next year. That was uh, Brad Fittler's choice. <laughs> Absolute bullshit. Uh, <clears throat> righto, a uh, bit of a more fun one. Uh, who's your favourite West Tigers player? So who did you vote for as? Um, I voted for Buller. I would have voted for Adam Dewey, but I we just didn't because he, he's been my favourite mm. player for a while. But we haven't been able to see him play a lot. I think he so won last I, year. I, I think he did too. Mm. Um, mm. I've actually been pretty good at voting for whoever the the current favourite is. So I voted for Buller. We'll see if he gets a lot of the votes. I just love the kid. He's he's so humble. He's so keen. He he wants to. He already wants to rip in for next year. Um, he wants to stay at the club. That's the sort of commitment we want and need um there and he's just he's a good kid with a big heart and i'm looking forward to seeing how he continues to develop his game uh who'd you vote for roberto i voted for abby corazau he absolutely won me over i i did not think he was as good a hooker as what he showed um i always loved you know as a kid watching the harlem globetrotters play this this guy does it from dummy half and, and the best part about it for me, guys, I never knew he was a Tiger supporter growing up. And he honestly, the wholehearted effort he puts in every week is literally like the whole supporter base, you know, morphs into Appy Corusau and gives it his absolute 100%. And the fact that he signed that extension as well, and he's, you know, from what I'm hearing, he's kind of telling people within the club how it should be. I, I just love the fact that he's taking it all on himself to try and turn this club around. And, and he's certainly going to get a lot of help from Jureen Buller, who probably won this vote. But, yeah, for me, it was Appy Coruscant. Yeah, uh, Appy 34%, uh, Jureen 27 and my guy, Sean Bloor. Without my vote uh, in there as well, I, my vote would have upped it by percentage. Uh, he got 10% of the vote. So uh, I was just looking who was close behind. So we had a few votes for... Um, for AD, Twally, and uh, Pole 
as well. And Johnny Bateman. I'm actually kind of surprised so. that um, Appy got the vote. I, I would have thought fans would have a bit a bit of a long memory about what happened after the grand final last year and the comments that he made. I mm. thought that would turn off a lot of people. But I agree with what you said, Rob. He's certainly won a lot of us over. Um, he's leading the club from the front. Um, he's putting himself out there. Like you said, he signed that extension when he obviously didn't need to. <clears throat> didn't need to. <clears throat> like he completely bypassed the option in his contract and said, no, nah, I'm sticking around. Um, I want to turn the club around. And I think that's really impressive. But yeah, I'm surprised he got that many of the votes considering his comments. But that that's the reason he won me over, Aaron. I, I was one, one of his harshest critics. I absolutely hammered the club for making him captain. So like I was totally wrong. And uh, to quote Lee, I, I looked like a goose. Um, and, he's, and he's and he's proven me wrong, and, and I'm you know like I say we don't always get it right, and and the club got it right in putting Appy Corrissau's captain, and and knowing what we're up against, you know at least the next twelve months for him to like say I want to be there, I want to get you guys out of a hole, not not even you guys, I want to get us out of a hole. He's one of us. He's not a Penrith mm. player anymore. He's not a Manly player. He's not a South player. He's a West Tiger. He's our captain. Um, he's inspirational, guys, and and you know we need we need everyone within that club to buy into what he wants out of the club. We really do, for sure. Uh, next question: Which position do you think we should spend uh, to get a big dollar superstar with our current cap space? Uh, almost half of the vote went to center, and then thirty eight percent for halves, and then a little bit uh, for a winger. What did you vote for, as? I said a winger. Um, honestly, if I had multiple options, I would have said winger and centre because we really do need both. Um, but I didn't go with centre because I still feel like we do have a little bit of quality there um, in Naden. Obviously, now we know why he wasn't playing for the in the back end of the season was because he was injured and they just weren't telling us about it. Um, but we just don't have any speed on the wing other than Charlie, who didn't get to play much this year either due to his really unfortunate um, medical emergency. And we saw, I forget which game it was, but Noffa, actually it was the Raiders game in Canberra, I think. Noffa got the ball off an intercept um, and he got he got chased down by like four blokes. I mean, we still mm. scored a try off that play through Brooksy out to Charlie from Noffa's absolutely spectacular pass. But he just doesn't have the speed that we need on the wing when you compare the club to like Manly and you see the speed they have in Cooler and Saab and others in their back line. Um, Trebojevic as well. Yeah, I, I think we need something out on the wing with a bit of... Someone out on the wing with a bit of speed. What do you reckon, Rob? Can't argue with all that uh, for what Aaron said. Uh, look, I voted centre. Uh, I, I figured in terms of the wing, obviously, I, I'm sure Aaron would agree with me, even though he was a little bit rocks and diamonds. I think it'd be safe to say that Junior Tupu's got one spot locked up. And I thought, I mean, obviously it's dependent on how much it's going to cost us because I know Penrith chipped in a couple of hundred thousand this year, but I thought Staines would have been the sort of winger Benji wanted because all the hype was about we want to play fast, we want to have fast players, hence why we wanted a halfback like Moses who's not just a good organiser, but he's got speed at halfback as opposed to Jackson Hastings who's a you know slower-moving halfback. Uh, in terms of the centres, I think we do have problems there, Aaron, because you're right about Naden, but I mean, Naden kind of went MIA most of the year. The thing that disappointed me a little bit is I got my hopes so 
so high on Stafford Toa because he literally came from nowhere. He we had zero expectations of Stafford Toa. Then when we when he his performances started lifting, even against South Sydney when we lost twenty to nil, no points were leaked on Stafford Toa and Noffa's side, and he was quite solid in defence. And then in attack, he came came out you know out of the woodwork against North Queensland, and then. I feel like the last month of football of the season, he kind of went back into that average Stafford Toa. So right now, I don't think we've got a gun centre. If Stafford Toa brings that middle of the season form back, no doubt he would fill one spot. Uh, but yeah, centre seems to be missing. The halves, I really didn't vote on that because I think we've locked ourselves up in what we're doing for at least the next year and potentially yeah. two or three years. So yeah, do we need halves? It's, it's our, been our biggest Achilles heel for, you know, 10 years. So we, I, I think that would normally be the number one spot. But the fact that we've signed Caesar and Sullivan and Fainu and whatever, I mean, it's. I think we've kind of attempted to answer those problems, whether they're the right answers or not. Uh, on to your favourite game this season. So obviously two big standouts here. Uh, what did you vote for, Rob? We'll go to you first. Oh, I voted the Cowboys game, and I'm going to absolutely bash the crap out of both of you blokes if you didn't vote for the Cowboys game. Like, mm. 66 points in one game. At the time, I think in our previous God knows how many games we played, we'd only scored about 134 points. So we literally scored 50% of our season total in one game. And by the time we got to 40 points, I couldn't even cheer anymore. I had this sculpted smile on my face sitting next to you blokes i couldn't even get any sound out of my mouth it wasn't <laughs> it actually wasn't real anymore it was just i was looking around thinking please someone pinch me what is going on here you know ha have we arrived is this that attack that everyone was talking about pre-season that we're going to see and then how rotten was our luck we got the freaking by the next week when we had all this momentum and and we couldn't, you know, pull it off in the Canberra game at Campbelltown. But that, to me, was just that was just beautiful. It just it was it was West Tigers football, and they weren't all easy tries. A lot of tries didn't come from the red zone. They came from halfway line and on our side of the field and just inside their halfway. It was really beautiful football, and uh, mm. yeah, and we even had a couple of tries taken off us that night. So. It could have been anything, although the Cowboys did answer with interest uh, back in North Queensland not yeah. too long ago, which we won't talk about. <laughs> well, we will. Next question. But uh, <laughs> I also might remember, Rob, I got a same game, pretty good same game multi by halftime in that game too. It was just a, uh, a yeah, dream. Stefano. Dream. Uh, yeah. Steph, Steph got the, uh, yeah, Steph the got try the in that one. Yeah. So uh, it was... An, 52% did say that game, and 35% did say the Panthers. But you could argue to beat the reigning premiers was pretty, you know, and break the losing streak. I, I don't begrudge anyone for voting no, that. Fair. But yeah, but to be at that game at Leichhardt, oh, yeah, never forget that. So what about you, Az? Yeah, I can understand why a lot of the votes went to um, the game out of Bathurst. I just remember, like, the, the awful conditions that they played in, the way they stuck it out together. Um, the way, like, Buller made his presence known with that incredible try-saving tackle on Nathan Cleary um, and Dan Ganane's call when we had won our first game of the season after losing seven straight. I I can see why a lot of the votes went that way, but 
yeah, nothing tops that game at Leichhardt for me. I was there with you blokes. Um, I remember myself as well. I was checking um, one of the betting apps at, I think, uh, what was it? It was when, before they before the Cowboys scored their two tries in the second half. Um, I was checking to see if the what the Tigers' odds for the win were, considering how bad they were in the lead up, and I saw that they were suspended, and I just couldn't believe my eyes that like the club, the team was going so well. Um, everything they touched was turning to gold. Buller scored his uh, debut try in what was an absolutely special way, considering um, felt was the the one who um, caused the issue yeah. up in North Queensland last year and got a little bit of karma back in that moment. So yeah, nothing, nothing topped that game for me. I was with my brother. I was with you blokes. It was an absolutely amazing night out mm. of the eighth wonder. And I, I did what I like doing when we get a good win at Leichhardt and I got a photo with the scoreboard behind me. You did too with your, uh, your pizza shapes in hand yes, as well. My box of pizza <laughs> shapes. <laughs> uh Least favourite game, yeah, pretty obvious one. This one, 68% said the loss to the Cowboys. Um, 11 people said the Manly game, the last game of the year. So, I mean, that was a who cares game. So that's a bit surprising. And then uh, eight people said the Knights at Leichhardt, which I guess, um, yeah, the amount of anticipation for round one and to fuck that up against the Knights, Rob, I guess people... I can see the people's line of thinking there as well. Yeah, I think I might have voted for that Knights game, but if I didn't vote for the Knights game, I voted for our opener against the Gold Coast. And the reason being, as I've said many times on the show, guys, I always thought if we won those first couple of games, it was going to set the tone for the year. If I if I could just talk about that Knights game, the fact that they were without a player for 20 minutes, mm. we had so much ball, we had so much field position, and we just could not get an overlap. We couldn't create an overlap. We had no backline shape. It was we we're playing that stupid pass the parcel football where everyone got their their touch of mini mod for the game. And and I just remember leaving there with you guys. I well, I don't know if you remember, Josh. I I think I just I, we were walking out together, but I hit the accelerator and got about two hundred meters ahead. And, and I just, I was just in my own little world thinking, fuck, here we go again. It's just, just going to be another shit year. And uh, I think that just kind of hurt the most. But yeah, the the, the Cowboys game up in, in North Queensland was awful. And, and I can understand even that last round. I know you say it's a who cares game, guys. But, you know, we, we still, I, I, I get the fact the boys didn't show up that night and, and shit happens. But you do want to see a, a performance at the end of the year that, shows that you know we want to do better next year and we literally pulled up some so i i can see a reason for all those games but yeah for me it was the first couple of games where given the the really nice win in the trial against canberra and and seeing that we could play attractive football and score points and then the fact that we struggled to score points against both the titans and the knights especially with a man up that was just pretty crushing for me because I knew what 2023 was going to look like after those two games. Mm. Anything to add the to other that? Thing, the other thing you didn't mention there, Rob, was the fact that they also lost Kalen Ponga, their best player, in the second minute. Um, and he, he was gone for the game. So well, Yes, yeah, Kalen Ponga. It was uh, Dominic Young getting a sin bin in the first half. It was their second rower. Who, 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 yeah, got sent off with... 20 minutes to go. So I think we might have actually had an extra man for 30 minutes. 
So it was just it was just almost an unlosable game. They they had injuries on top of that, like you said, with Kalen Ponga going off early. Literally everything fell our way in terms of that sort of stuff, and we were still too hopeless to not not even win comfortably. Like we couldn't even get the win. Like we given the events of that game, we should have won thirteen plus, and it was just it was just I don't know. It was just. <laughs> destroyed my soul. I just thought, fucking oh. hell, here we go again. It's another poor year. You can't you can't beat 12 men for half a game. What chance have you got the rest of the year? And and that's how it pretty much turned out. It took us a few months to get our first win. Yeah, yeah. and it it um and it like Brooksy even had a what was it, a shot at a two point field goal at the end of the game there after the siren. And I think it did it fall short or did it just No, uh, it went, it went, it went to the left. He actually, he actually got a good piece of it. He, it actually went probably about five or ten meters left of the post, but he he certainly got the distance. He actually gave it a good thump. Yeah, um, my vote for that one anyway went to the Broncos away game. Um, mm. For person, that was more of a, like a personal reasons vote for me. Um, I kind of went numb halfway through that Cowboys game and stopped caring and had a bit of a breakdown afterwards. But the Brisbane Broncos away game was the day I moved to Sydney. Um, I was hmm. already a really emotional mess. I had just, I'd gotten to Sydney, I think, about five minutes after the game started. I was ready to watch the, the team make me proud, make me like feel a little bit better in what was a really challenging day. And they just shat the bed, and it was a really disappointing game for me. And I, that was obviously the first game that we didn't stand a chance in, um, considering we were competitive in a lot of the games we went to. So, yeah, hmm. that was that one was extremely disappointing for me, so I voted for that one. Yeah, I obviously flew to Brisbane for that one, so yeah, that was <clears throat> yeah, that was that was tough for me as well. Uh, kind of leads into the next question. I said tick every game that you went to this season. The two first, the first two, the Leichhardt games uh, are standouts here. So more than half of our voters went to both of those Leichhardt games. So um, yeah, just so so much anticipation in those games. Um, yeah, how many games? Shot down immediately. I should I should have done this off air, but I'm trying to think how many games I did go to this year. Rob, do you know off the top of your head how many you went to? As I count mine, I I went to those first two games that you mentioned. I went to Canberra at Campbelltown. I feel like I went to Combank with you, but I can't remember which game it was. I could uh... be wrong. I could be wrong. It might not. It might have been last year. I'm thinking of Canberra. But... Campbelltown. You, you came to Canberra. Yeah, I came to Canberra, and I feel like I went mm. to one more game, and I can't think where it was. I'm having uh, a mental blockage. Yeah, I did the three, the three Leichhardt's. So one, two, three, and then Brisbane four, Easter five, um, Campbelltown Manly six. Uh, you went to all three Campbelltown, I think. South at a core seven, Cowboy uh, Raiders Campbelltown eight. Uh, Storm at Camertown, nine. Obviously, didn't go to the Cowboys. Sharks, I was in Fiji. Uh, didn't go. Um, and then no, Dolphins, I went to four. I went to four, Josh. I ten. went to all three Leichhardt games in Campbelltown. I went to. I went to, I went to ten. Ten okay. for me. So, well done. Hmm. Uh, I, I went to ten as well. I saw. I, to... I think I. I saw one win this year. I think the Cowboys is the only win that I saw. Yeah, yeah, I saw two. I went to um, 
So I went to all the games that were in my membership, all nine games for my full season membership for a 12 game or 12 home game season. Uh, and I went to the one away game with you, Josh, which was the um, the rabbits at a core. So that was my 10. Mm. Oh, and Dolphins. Saw we saw the Dolphins. We saw the win against the Dolphins, of course. Two wins. What a year. What a great year. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, we got everyone to vote on where you thought we'd predict uh, where you thought we'd finish on the ladder in 2024. The Now, the numbers, you could literally vote any number 1 to 17, and it averaged out to 12th. So um, let's see if you guys were right by aggregate. Well, there. I actually said 12th, exactly. Hmm. Stats man. Stats, he, he predicts stats now. Not only <laughs> knows stats, he predicts them. I'll tell you what, though my 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 preseason prediction for the ladder that we talked about on our um on our first survey episode of the year, I actually got a few teams bang on, and a few other teams I was only one or two away. So hmm. in the end, I don't think I did too terribly with my ladder prediction. There were a few absolute um, failures, um, hmm. warriors for one, <laughs> but no one expected them to do what they did. Yeah, I thought they'd be all right this year, but not uh, yeah. Top four, good on you, was. Uh, we got you to rate uh, out of 10. Will Benji improve the West Tigers? The the rating there, 60%. So 60% faith in Benji uh, for next year. So uh, that's more than half, I guess. So, yeah, look, I think I think the Benji is the best we can, we can hope for. And we know that he lives and breathes the club, as does Robbie as well. So at the very least, we know they're going to put the club, everything they can into the club. People, the, the boys love playing for them. So, um, yeah, anything to add to that, Rob? No, look, we, I mean, it's for me, it's more hope than than belief. Uh, but yeah. I agree with what you're saying. They, they love the club. There's no doubt about that. Uh, you know, if Benji's going to improve the club, hopefully he can, you know, Ounce the CEO and the chairman, that'd be a good start. Then, then mm-hmm. he would have improved the club automatically. But look, he, he just, I'm glad he's got John Morris there. I mean, John Morris has been a head coach and, and an assistant coach uh, with, you know, two successful clubs. So uh, I think he's got the right help there. Someone that's in touch with the modern game as opposed to previous head coach who'd been out of the game for quite a while. So uh, look, at the end of the day, guys, I, I, I say it at the start of every year, doesn't matter what you and I think. All that matters is what the coaches and the players believe and, and the players just have to believe in the person next to them. It's as simple as that. Everything's in their hands. What what anyone predicts is absolute horseshit. The power is all with them. So hopefully they they do improve next year, but, you know, it's going to be a big task. Uh, speaking of which, which recruit excites you the most? 41 Pretty much 41% said Fainu, 33% Jaden Sullivan, 21% for Aiden Caesar. Who did you vote for in this one, As? Uh, just quickly, Josh, which Fainu brother is that one? I don't recognize uh, the two Lat- yet. Latu, the half, I believe. Yeah, yeah Latu got my vote. Um, I'm not sure he's going to see much game time in 2024, but I, I voted for him because I believe he's got the most upside. Like, obviously, Caesar. As I've mentioned before, he's a stopgap for a season, maybe a second season potentially to fill the gap while we while we um, develop these other youngsters. Uh, Jaden Sullivan, I think there's a bit of upside there, but I think most of the upside is Latu. What about you, Rob? 
I didn't vote for anyone, guys. I think our best signing is going to come between this episode and February of next year. Hmm. Okay. So, yeah, I, I don't know who that'll be, but I'm not excited about all three signings. Yeah, well, look, let's be let's be honest. Fain is not going to get first grade time next year, so hard to get too excited about that. I'm sure he's going to be great. Sullivan's got potential, as Aaron said, but again, what are we going to do? We're going to play him as a number six. And I can't get excited about Caesar. I just hope he does the job that he's being brought to the club for. But I don't get excited about 34-year-old 5'8s that are going to play halfback. Uh, right, let's just talk about membership. So got you to tell us what you're going to do with your 2024 membership. Shouts to uh, Kat there on the screen, who was one of our very first, along with you, as one of our very first Patreon uh, members and still is to this day. Shouts to Kat and the... Girls, uh, 31.1% of you said uh, won't, we won't won this year and won't be next year. And then the next highest was um, I'll always renew. I love my club too much not to. So literally polar opposites there of 22%. Uh, 19% said we'll get a membership if management changes are made. So I think you slide into that one there, Rob. Yeah, I didn't really have the bracket for the one that I am because I'm actually uh, an NRLW member. Uh, but yeah, I, I won't be a member again until there's changes in management. But I think the good thing about those that are sticking solid is given what we've gone through, they're never going to not be members. If, if they've put up with all the shit we've gone through the last God knows how long, then they're, they're not ever changing. But unfortunately I, I get too many messages, you know, every month saying this is my last year as member this is my last year as member i can't take it anymore so whether they actually drop out or not it's a different story but there's a lot of frustrated people and and who could blame them given given that we get told something on tuesday and it's changed by wednesday night hmm. <clears throat> uh for this year um more than half of you so we did crack the twenty thousand for the club 56% of people that voted in this didn't get a membership this year. So that's crazy. Like, obviously, the 90-odd that voted in this don't account for the, what did they say, 300,000 West Tigers fans out there. But if you, I mean, if you go on 50-50, as we should have 50,000-plus members, really. Yeah, you'd think so. Um the club, I think this is one of the strongest supported Sydney clubs. Um, you look at membership numbers. I think at one point we might have even still had higher membership numbers than the Panthers, who obviously get a lot of bandwagoners now. Yeah, we still do. Um, yeah. There are other Sydney clubs, like I think maybe the Bulldogs, that don't really get the membership support um, that we do. And we're just, a, we're just a really strong supporter base. And like the Knights fans and their supporter base, we've been through a lot in the last decade. Um, the Knights are obviously now experiencing some of the, the highs of that, that sort of period, um, considering they're still in the in the finals race at the moment. But I mean, yeah, based on that, we, we should have we should have a lot more members than we actually do. But I think like um Rob said, there's a lot of disillusioned fans right now. I'm kind of in that boat as well. My vote was am am a member in twenty twenty two, undecided, because I just want footy and going to footy to be fun again. The only time mm. I've had fun at a game this year was that Cowboys game at Leichhardt. Other than that, yeah. I haven't really enjoyed the footy as much as I used to. Um, 
it used to be such a positive thing for me to go on a three and a half hour road trip from Orange to Sydney and then back again, win, mm. lose or draw. Um, and I just last year, the year before and this year in particular, I'm just not getting that same enjoyment and I want that back. Yeah. And now you live 20 minutes from Lockhart Oval. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking of which, home ground ratio is next. So uh, half of the voters, more than half, 58% said it should be six Leichhardt, six Campbelltown. The next highest was mostly Campbelltown, some Leichhardt with 21%. And then 11% said mostly Leichhardt, some Campbelltown. And then, uh, yeah, not many people wanted ANZ or Combank. Um, yeah in the uh in the thing so suburban grounds seem to be the way to go rob yeah definitely look we've discussed this before i, I don't think we get enough games at leichhardt and campbelltown uh i always upset the balmain side of the the base by saying that we should have more games at campbelltown but given that we only had what three games there uh, yeah. a, a tight a tight manly loss a tight Canberra loss and uh, a, a shellacking by a, a reserve grade Melbourne team and all night games too, mind you. Um, I don't think that's enough for the Campbelltown area. And I, I feel sorry for them with all this smoke going on because they could have got an NRLW game tomorrow night and they're not even going to get that. So when was their last game? A couple of months ago. And, and we're trying yeah. to build a supporter base out there. It's just very difficult to do. But as I've said many times, guys, nothing against Leichhardt or Campbelltown. I love going to both places. I really enjoy the drive out to Campbelltown. I enjoy the crowd. The atmosphere against Canberra was absolutely electric, especially when we mm. made that sensational comeback uh, when Canberra were, were reduced to 12 men. Um, and, yeah, so like I, I think Leichhardt and Campbelltown are great places to watch the game from. But, yep. yes, yeah, just we, ne we need to get as many games as we can back to our suburban home grounds. And good succulent Chinese meal at the Lee's Club next door too, just quietly. Um, Very fingers nice. crossed that with the um, the World Cup done and dusted, that like um, management have said, even though um, Lee has a habit of making himself making himself look <laughs> like a clown. Um, hopefully, he's true to his word, and we can goose. go back to our suburban grounds next year. A goose, as get it right. It looks like a goose. Oh, I, I like saying <laughs> Prefer like preferences. Uh, death taxes and the West Tigers will play. Both their uh, all their home games at our suburban grounds next year, hopefully. Yeah, but, um, uh, right as supporter heritage, which is always interesting to see. So, uh, 47% were previous bound main, 20%, um, uh, like as pretty much too young, um, to really remember bound main or the magpies. And third, or actually, as you probably remember, I just kind of became a fan. After which was thirteen percent, and then nineteen uh, percent were West Magpies. So, um, yeah, Balmain Heritage still pretty much half, well, half of our vote here, which is obviously you and I, Rob. But um, the the number of Azers who are neither is uh, is getting larger. Yeah, and and really that's my only worry looking forward I, I i want that number that uh that bracket that aaron fits into to be larger by a mile than both the balmain and the and the magpie side because i i do fear that when you keep having a team that's performing so poorly you know 
kids, you know, want to support a team that wins every now and then. They don't want to support a losing team. So I don't want, you know, five and six-year-olds whose parents go for the West Tigers saying, you know, I don't want to go for this mob. I want to go for, you know, a, a different team. So I, ju- I just hope we do get, we don't lose kids growing up, you know, supporting other teams because they're not getting many games at Leichhardt. They're not getting many games at Campbelltown. They're only seeing what they see on TV and, and we're not the prettiest team to watch at the moment. So as long as that West Tigers, you know, bracket gets bigger and bigger, I'll be very happy. But I, I, I fear that it'll go backwards over the next five or six years if we don't improve our results on the field. Uh, right, a bit of a fun one. Who should be the West Tigers CEO? So obviously, um, <laughs> lots of varied, lots of varied. Uh, the most popular answer, to be honest, was probably anyone but Pasco or not Pasco. Um, a lot of Rob Basharas, hence the uh, the Photoshop job I did putting you <laughs> on the uh, yeah on this on the screen there. Thank uh, you. Bill. Rob, one person that's the, did. That's the that's the same one as the um, Rob Stradamus face, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it's just the one. That's Pretty similar. Like, <laughs> my, it is. It's, it's the go-to. Um, it's the AI, Rob. Yeah, I mentioned uh, Simon Cooks there. That's not a bad bad shout. I don't think Simon would want to do that. Wayne Pierce, Chris Lawrence, Josh Barnett. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, don't think so. Uh, Tony Cox. I mentioned Tony Cochran, former. Ex V8 Supercars CEO, not too sure what he's up to these days, but he basically turned the supercars into, yeah, basically from a, a niche sport into a mainstream one. So, yeah, he's a pretty clever, uh, sort of guy as well. Krusty the Clown, that's a good one, I couldn't do worse. <laughs> um, uh, he is Jewish, so he'd be good with money. Uh, Jimmy Smith, Jerry West. Jerry West is in. Jerry, I think Jerry West. Jerry West is no longer with us. I don't think Jerry West is alive. Um, Jerry West isn't that the Laker? Yeah, isn't he? He's no, past. He's, he's with us. Not. He's with us. Oh, I'm going to Google it now. I've done this before oh, on the show. I, 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 I don't I'm, know who you're talking about. So he's one of the great Lakers from the. Late no, Lakers. no, he's still alive. He's still alive. He's, still he's alive. 85. How dare you, Josh? Sorry. Put him in the grave. <laughs> He's the he's the logo. He's the NBA logo. Okay. Um, which they they're not that, which they don't officially say because they'd have to pay him for it. But the photo fo- the photo in the NBA logo is him. Um, yeah, should be Nikola Jokic now. Uh, someone said the dude from Supercars, which is your mate, Rob. Uh, yeah, you do a great job too. A lot of Bashar, man. A lot of a lot of people calling for you to be CEO. Mark Cuban, yeah, that's a good one. Who owns the uh, Dallas Mavericks? And uh, what's that Shark Shark Tank? He's on that in America. Les Boyd, uh, Les Boyd. <laughs> he's no longer with us. Les Boyd. I think he's still with us, mate. He's a he's Is an he? old West player that decapitated Daryl Broman in a state of origin. Game, he actually broke his jaw. Very famous for that, unfortunately. But no, he's but still alive. Sixty-six. Sorry, Les. Yeah, he's still alive, mate. He he was a rampaging second rower, one of the best second rowers in the late seventies. I was thinking of Dad Donnelly. Not sorry. Oh yeah. Oh, Dallas yeah. Donnelly's long gone. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, uh, your favorite team? Just thought. Yeah, other sports. What do other people? Um follow so a lot of uh, a couple of liverpools here richmond tigers 
Liverpool, Liverpool, LA Clippers, LA Chargers. What else we got here? Milky Bucks, Swan, your Swannies as uh, GW, couple of GW, GWS Giants, Southard Red Devils, Inner Milan. I could go through all of them. Cricket, um, Williams F1 Racing is a good random one there because they're uh, they're basically the West Tigers of Formula One racing. Uh, McLaren as well, another F1. Liverpool, man, a lot of Liverpool. I wonder if Robbie Farrow had an influence uh, on that one. Golden State Warriors, not one Denver Nuggets. How disappointing. That's all right. We're the reigning champs. Doesn't matter. Actually, someone did complain in the feedback later on that I mentioned that too much. But uh, unlucky. I'll be. Keep, I'll keep mentioning that. Mentioning that till next June if they don't win it. I, I again. think when they're. I think when they're the defending champs, you're entitled to um, brag yeah. about it a little bit. Yeah, let me let me bask in my glory. We don't get it for our regular season. It was the first championship too, wasn't it? Yep. Yep. 52 years without a title. Uh, in the other sports, speaking what people of, watch. Speaking of NBA, sorry, Josh, speaking of NBA and favorite teams, did you listen to Jareem's episode of Behind the Raw today? I haven't. I have been way too busy. Did he mention NBA? Because he's obviously a basketball. Yeah, he's he's mentioned dude. his um, favorite player of all time and, his, and the team he supports. Probably. I'm assuming it's LeBron. No, it's not LeBron. It's MJ. Good man. He's not, he's not old enough to have seen MJ. <laughs> he he um, understands goatness. That's what he does. <laughs> I'm in Chris, sure, actually, but... Chris actually mentioned that to him. So uh, he, he talks about it a little bit if you do end up having a listen. But T, okay. how would you feel if he, um, now, well, knowing that he supports the Golden State Warriors? Yeah, I mean, every most kids do. That's fine. <laughs> um. Yeah, I guess they they've been the winningest team the past decade. So, um, look, I, it's not Lakers. I'm happy it's not Lakers. So, uh, in terms of sports, forty three percent of people said they watch uh, international cricket. That was the biggest one. EPL thirty seven percent, BBL thirty five percent. Looking forward to Sydney Thunder uh, v your Sixers. Come, I think December thirty. As the yeah, there's season. WBBL as well coming up, um, and the Sixers and Thunder play each other really early, like twenty second mm. of October or something. Uh, yeah, and then um, to finish off the stuff talking about little old us. So in terms of um, yeah, feedback and that sort of thing, uh, a lot of people said that they've been listening. Quite a few people said they were listening back in 2019 and 2020. So thank you for um, sticking with us for all those years. So as the boys hey, have come I was on, too. yeah, and well, that's what, it was me. It was just me solo in 2019, 2020, and then you fellas, um, yeah, we joined, made a wolf pack. Um, yeah, your first people... episode, you had Marina go on as a guest, didn't you? I did, yeah. She literally resigned the day before or the day after or something. <laughs> wow. Mm. She, she she announced it on my show. Yeah, she actually announced it on this show, the first episode. She said that she was... Oh, I don't remember again. that. Yeah. Only about 100 people listened to it, so you probably wouldn't. Uh, I, um, I, I do remember my first episode, though. It was 2020 during the, like, the COVID-affected season, and I was talking mm. about, like, who I came on and discussed, like, potential signings. For and you nailed one. I nailed one. The first one. Yeah. Which was? Tamo. Tamo. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, what people liked, honest opinions. 
um, all that stuff. So, yeah, appreciate. Obviously, not going to toot our own horn and read all these things, but a lot of nice messages in there about all three of us. Um, yeah, really appreciate that. In terms of things people said they uh, didn't like, or one that says more tripper, um, yeah, maybe get him on. More female presence, I mean, sure. Uh, we've said this, people before have said bring females on, and um, in terms of feedback too, a lot of people said get people on to voice their opinion, and that's literally what we do quite a lot is the vent pods, and we we open up the lines. We've had um, we had Kathy on a couple of times this year and that sort of thing. So we have had, uh, yeah, late, the ladies come on, and it's just literally it's not like we're not we're purposely not choosing, yeah, blokes only to come on. It's just yeah, we really open um, open our doors and say come on and give an opinion. It's just the fact that the majority of them happen to be male. So we definitely would love to have more more ladies uh on the show and kathy was really good when she came on in the uh in the vent pods so uh anything else in terms of feedback uh, a few people said they missed rob when he left um yeah but a few people saying they don't like our swearing they want to be able to listen with their kids look my dad yeah we we do drop a swear word in the heat of passion and that sort of thing every now and then. And I do purposely choose explicit for the podcast. And look, a few people saying to be more professional, you probably wouldn't get that. We, we'd like to more think of ourselves as a, a voice for the fans. And um, a couple of blokes just kind of like we're talking at the pub whenever not aiming to be NRL on Fox. Um, or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, no promises that we're not going to not swear. But look, we won't. Um, yeah, when when the passion gets a little bit heated, maybe um, I don't know, turn the volume down or something. But um, I'd I'd like to say um, just on that, it's it's obviously been um, more than one frustrating season now, obviously two wooden spoons. And then before that we were what, um, 13th and 11th in the seasons before that. And I feel like as fans who are frustrated and who provide therapy for the listeners, I feel like we're entitled to maybe a, a swear word or two every now and then when we're getting a little bit frustrated. So, I mean, I do tend to keep it down. I, I have the mouth of a sailor a lot of the time and I get that from my dad. Like I have no shame in saying that. And, um, I obviously tone it down a lot for this show, but I will let one slip every now and then when I get a little bit frustrated, which happens a lot more than I'd like it to. Um, I'd like to be celebrating wins a lot more as would the rest of us, but yeah, I mean, it, it's going to come out every now and then We're we're as passionate about the club as the rest of our listeners are. So. Yeah. And some nice comments coming through live too. We really enjoy doing their shows live too. I think that kind of, um, yeah, it makes us stand out a little bit. It's our second season of doing these live shows and you guys joining us live and contributing to the show. Uh, I really enjoy. Anything to add on that, Roberto? Look, I, I think they're right about the swearing. I mean, whether you know you guys agree with this or not, I think next year, unless management of the West Tigers are actually in the news, like you know, shooting themselves in the foot like Lee just did yesterday 
or there's something to, to discuss, whether it's a change of position or whatever. I really don't want to talk about them anymore. I'm conditioning myself. I, I hope the players prove me wrong, but I'm conditioning myself to a low performance next year. And for me, when we review a, a game, I want to talk about footy. When we preview a game, I want to talk about footy. I want to break it down. We're not going to be an RL 360, but I'd like to spend five or ten minutes talking about plays, talking about key moments of the game. I mean, I know everyone enjoys me losing my shit, but I'm sick of talking about <laughs> Pasco and Hadjipentelis, and that's not going to change. But I just think next year, the only way we get through it and keep it real is just talk about footy as much as we can. If these other blokes are in the news for whatever, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it. But I, I do want to try to drop the swearing. I really do. I, I'm not I'm not proud of it, but I hate to say, I'm, I'm not saying my passion's gone, guys, but I've just accepted that losing is going to be with us for a little bit longer and hopefully not too much longer, but at least in 2024, there are going to be more losses. So the fact that I'm not expecting much, I won't be as frustrated. So yeah, as, as long as, as long as management just stay out of it and yeah, let's just talk about the colors we love and, and the team and, and just say, yep, they did great this week or no, they didn't. And let's break it down and talk footy, you know, cause like there's, we, we just can't keep saying the same stuff about, management and that's kind of what got me to leave the show originally because i just got sick of talking about it knowing there couldn't be change and the reason i got involved with this pod josh is because i love footy and i love talking about footy and even if i'm talking to my mates about another subject we'll start talking about footy and then we talk about games for five or ten minutes without realizing it and mm -hmm. i just think we should be focusing more on on the actual games when we can like like aaron said it's pretty hard to talk about the games in a positive way when you've lost 40 out of 48 games. So I get that part of it. But I just think if we're going to review a game, guys, let's go through the first half. Let's go through the second half. Let's give out. Like, and we do, we do do a little bit of that. And especially when we win, like we really obviously try and milk the hell out of our wins because they're so few and far between. But in terms of all the swearing that we have done and the frustration, I think that's, part of the reason why we do have a lot of listeners because mm. we represent how they feel and the fact that we're not an official West Tigers podcast per se, we can say stuff that, you know, <laughs> behind the raw can't say. We can criticise or we can say, you know, this was done wrong or the CEO's done this wrong or the coach sucks or whatever the case may be and, and people relate to that. But it just like Aaron said, it'd be just nice to go to a lot more games next year and and just be a fan. And don't get me wrong, we love being a voice for the supporters, but we want this club to turn around, and and that's the frustration the frustration that we all share. And the fact that we actually have listeners, not saying that we do a bad job, but the fact that people still want to listen about West Tigers when we've mm. got back to back wooden spoons shows you how much fans love our club and that's what irks me about some of the management because they just look at us like we're not important you're not a paying member you don't contribute financially you don't do this you don't do that they learned their lesson when they said that last year but we, i think we all matter and and if we do have four hundred thousand fans which is questionable but if we do have four hundred thousand fans and we've only got twenty thousand membership that's only five percent of West Tigers supporters that are members. That's not very good. So I don't think it's anything to brag about if we truly have 400,000 fans. This, we are the sleeping giant 
of of the NRL and we could be the most successful club by far. We we'd only have to be a fringe finalist and we'll be shooting every other team down with our numbers, but we're not even that. We're, we're, it's just it's just a long way to go to get back to where we want to be, guys, and we, we'll stick it out. We're not going anywhere. We, we can't support another team, but, yeah, mm. I, I definitely take the swearing on board because, I mean, especially you blokes are young, but I'm an old you-know-what, so I, I should be a little bit more mature than you blokes and not, and not dropping F-bombs and carrying on the way I do, but I guess it does entertain some people. Yeah, and I'll see you next Tuesday. Uh, yeah, the <laughs> in terms of people, a few people asked about us showing and going through footage. We can't actually do that. The NRL are really strict. Like you, you'll see YouTube videos and stuff of NRL. They they they'll pull them down. So we actually can't show unless you're a licensed. Um, yeah, news uh, outlet or whatever. Yeah, you can't actually play NRL footage. So we we every now every now and then um, we have a screenshot or something, which is kind of yeah, um, pushing it as well. They're actually really strict on what you can do, which kind of sucks. You think they'd want to promote the game and let people uh, show it off? Certain leagues, the NFL is really bad for that too. The NFL really strict on their. Um, on what people can show if you're not a real broadcaster, whereas uh, sports like the NBA let you do whatever the fuck you like with it. And they have a shitload of YouTube videos and stuff out there um, as well. I, I don't understand why the NRL doesn't like people showing their product to the world. But Can, um, we, li- can we live stream Josh and call a game, but like actually not have the camera on the game? We're just the three of us. Yeah, plenty of people actually do that on YouTube, Rob. There are a lot of um, YouTube channels of fans for different teams. Yeah, like the I Hello Sport one, guys. Like, we should do that. Yeah. We should do that one day. Like we should try that one day because that would yeah, be for so sure. much fun. That would yeah. it might, it might be worth so giving a go fun. in the trials next year. You can't do that on the radio, like on a licensed radio station, but on the internet, yeah, there's nothing stopping that. You just can't show. No, trials are boring, Aaron. Footage. Let's do it on a real game. Let's do it for the season opener. What if we're at the game though? If it's if it's a home game uh, and it's a part of my membership, I'll likely be there. So fair enough. Yeah, first away game. If um yeah, the internet is probably not um, the internet at home's bad enough. Imagine the internet live at the game. So um, no, no, no. Yeah, Josh Josh would remember me. Josh would remember me trying to um uh listen for the twelve the commentary for the twelve try at. Campbelltown and not being able to because I just couldn't bloody load yeah. anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 hard thing to do, but yeah, it's a good idea. Um, yeah, any any ideas that you want to hear from us on the show podcast at westlife.com where yeah, each year I feel like we add add more stuff and yeah, refine and get better. At the end of the day, it's um it's just a passion project for us. Uh, our next episode, so next Wednesday, we'll see you all in a week. Um, thanks for joining us late on a Wednesday where, look, if nothing happens, there are whispers, maybe, I mean, it's the West Tigers, there's always something going on. So maybe something happens before next Wednesday, but we thought we'd do something a little bit fun and we're going to rank uh, our all-time favourite West Tigers jerseys. And if you want to submit your favourites, podcast at westlife.com. Uh, tell us what yours is. Um, 
Benjamin mentioned on YouTube just then, just just a side thing. Do a live podcast in person at West Ashfield. Definitely uh, something we'll look in. Yeah, do a do a live a live show with uh, with a crowd. That'd be cool. Um, yeah. So yeah, just have some fun next week. Talk about our favorite West Tigers jerseys. Uh, whatever news happens in the next week, I'm sure. I'm sure happen. I know the players are all off on holidays and that sort of thing. But yep, it's the West Tigers. Despite them not playing, they're always in uh, in the news. So, but um, apart from that, anything else before we say goodnight to Big Dog, fellas? No, guys. Just looking forward to these um, games on the weekend. Uh, I got both home teams winning if they line up as they say they are. And uh, yeah, it's. Uh, been nice and relaxing not having to watch our beloved West Tigers. Do you have a Rob Stradamus office for us off the top of your head? Uh, look, I think the safest one would be to go Melbourne to win and I would probably throw in Justin Ollum as a try scorer and, you know, pick who you like as an additional try scorer. Maybe maybe a Nick Nick Meany. I might go Nick Meany as a second try scorer this week. But I, I, think, I think Melbourne should get the Roosters comfortably, but the the Knights and Newcastle game, I, I don't think there are going to be many points in that game. I think that's just going to be an absolute struggle, and I'm still having a hard time with that one. I, I want to tip New Zealand, but I don't know if Sean Johnson is going to play. So hmm. uh, pretty pretty hard going against two teams that have won about, what, 16 or 17 games between them in a row. But I, I think the time's up for both Newcastle and the Roosters. As anything, any departing words? Uh, I've got I've got a few things. Um very quickly, Josh. I'll go through them one by one. Firstly, there was one question in the survey you missed that I'm actually curious about what the answer oh, was or what the most yeah. the most popular one was. Um, and that's which of the departing players are we going to miss the most? Ah, yeah. How did I miss that one? I was just miss putting a, a slide in it for. Uh, I believe Brooksy won that one. Uh, oh no, it was actually close. No, Dane Laurie snuck in late. So Dane Laurie had 37%, Luke Brooks 36. They're literally a vote apart. And then Alex Afarth third with uh, 19%. Yeah, I said Dane as well. I mm. think we're going to really, because he really showed what he's going to be capable of. Um, if, and if um, Penrith lose Luai, then he's going to be an adequate replacement there in the halves alongside Cleary. So I think he, he got my vote. Um, and second thing, uh, not Tigers related, obviously, but I just want to wish, um, well, to well wishes to Ryan Pappenhausen, um, or mm. absolutely awful seeing him go down injured again so soon after he came back on the field. I think I, along with everyone else who was watching that game, our hearts broke for him because he, de- he doesn't deserve to cop so many injuries and like being like being squashed and having your ankle broken by your own teammate. Like that's not, mm. a, that's not a fun way to go. And um, he's going to be struggling a bit at the moment. I just want to, yeah, send my well wishes to him because uh, that was absolutely awful to okay. see. You don't wish that on, um, yeah, any any footy player. Um, and what was was there a number three there, as? Yep, there's a, there's a number three, and this is on a more positive note. Um, I just want to say thank you to everyone who submitted answers to or responses to the survey with some positive feedback about myself in particular. Uh, I sometimes feel like I don't do a great job at this, and a lot of arms and R's and stuff like that. And I just want to say I really appreciate all the kind words that people have had to say about me in particular. Um, yeah, really, really great. Thank you, everyone. 
no, you're killing it this year. The, the stats, man. Hey, I still do all. I've still got so many bad habits, and I spent eighteen grand on a media diploma. So, it um, yeah. At least, uh, yeah, you're a, a full came in a full amateur, and you're absolutely killing it. But yeah, big thank you to everyone who yeah submitted, as you said, and yeah, we uh. We'll look forward quick, to quick the story on that as well, Josh. Um, yeah. I was in I was in hospital visiting my dad last week. My brother asked what was the score in one of the uh, NRLW games from the week before. My brother made it an estimate, and off the top of my head, I I act, I got the score right. And Dad's like, mm. I still don't know how you do all that stuff. Like, mm. <laughs> and it was any we did the same thing about the score um, in the Cowboys, uh, not the Cowboys game, the um, the Knights game out of Leichhardt. Um, my my brother and my dad had their thoughts on what the margin was, and I said, "Nah, it was two. They they just can never believe that I I get that stuff. Just like click the fingers off the top of my head, and honestly, sometimes it surprises myself as well." Jason D on YouTube there, that as your pronunciation of names is spot on too. Yeah, you're uh, you're then again, righto, uh, righto, guys. We'll see you in a week's time. Yeah, podcast of West Life. If you want to contribute anything or any ideas before then, and want to contribute, tell us your favorite West Tigers jersey of all time. Maybe if you've got a photo of yourself at the game or whatever, wearing the jersey, if you want us to put it up on the screen or something, it, um, let's have some fun next week and hopefully, no, yeah, a, a nice positive fun show next week as we go further into the off season. Right, boys. As always, go the Tigers. Go, go the, the Tigers. Tigers. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Westlife Podcast. Please follow us at Westlife Pod on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook.com forward slash Westlife Pod. You can also support and take part in the show at Patreon.com forward slash Westlife and give us a subscribe on YouTube and turn notifications on. We'll see you again next time on another episode of the West Life Podcast. Mm-hmm.